Welcome to the Kitchen Island Podcast. Tommy, Tommy, we're alive. Hey, yes, we are back. Man. <laughs> All the kippers have been waiting. They've been asking me. I've been, they've been slipping into my DMs and they're like, when's the Kitchen Island Podcast coming back? Man. Well, we had a bit of a hiatus for about six months. Hey, Tommy, summer was crazy, personal things, and so on and so forth. But we've always made it a point to to bring the pod back because, um, as we said before, um, this is a great outlet. We we enjoy talking about footy. Um, We're not experts, but we can shoot the shit. And in that context, we're here. here. Not talk about club football. Nope. Tommy. We're going to, because as Liverpool supporters, it's not. <laughs> no <fun>. comment. <laughs> Mind you, that's not the reason why we're, we're not talking about it, Kippers. Um, because we have a Winter World Cup, Tommy. We do. Uh, the first one in a while. I, might, I don't know if one of the ones in like the 1930s. But anyway, to win a World Cup first in our lifetime. November. 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 Jesus Christ, man. World Cup, Qatar. 2022 tommy let's get into it guys the goal for these uh preview pods is not to give you the 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 in-depth boring stuff um yeah we're gonna talk about the groups and and potential winners and stuff like that there are plenty of pods out there who'll give you the 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 nitty-gritty of everything fantastic analysis tactically and all that stuff we're gonna give you some fun facts an overlook at the groups players to watch and reason why we love the world cup you know what i mean which so hits you with some info some footy knowledge and who to watch tommy i got a question for you because we're jumping right into this tommy the kippers have been in for so long they don't need to to know how our summer was or anything like that no no let's just get into it brother best memory of the world cup or should i say should we specify goal i'm gonna hit you with, with the goal Oh, goal. Uh, yikes. I'm not prepared for this. I'm going to say goal most memorable, probably Michael Owen in 1998, uh, cool. France against cool. Argentina. Mm. Um, I think that that was just a really, really, because Michael Owen was like the really, and obviously in consuming English language media, he was the English phenom and mm. we were talking about a lot. And when he scored that, that goal um, against Argentina, everybody, I mean, it was hype, talked about so much and it was just a really, really nice goal. Absolutely, Tommy. I'm glad you went there because I, too, France 98. Um, I also, my, my favorite uh, World Cup goal is uh, from that tournament as well. Mind you, like, to just touching on, on the Michael Owen, he was, he was the real deal, Tommy. Oh, he was. He was absolutely, until he got, got hurt, he was <laughs> one of the top five strikers in the world. I mean, there's a couple of guys, I mean, you know, he wasn't, he was never going to get up to be as good as like the original Ronaldo or Thierry Henry, but he was definitely one of the top five strikers in the world for those few years between about, till about, till about, till he went to Real Madrid, really. Exactly, Tommy. Like, like every, not every, sorry. Um, Those who did not make it in the Galactico eras, era, sorry, um, ended up screwing up their career in one way or another. Now, Michael Owen, if I'm not mistaken, at the time, had the best goal-to-minute ratio. So he was a super sub, and the fucker scored every time he came on. Yeah. I mean, so for, for Real. Um, but yeah, France 98, fantastic tournament. Um, the tricolor ball, 
man, too bad we don't have Jay here. You know, what I mean? so, you know, he would go on, but we'll bring him. We'll bring him back for for the for the France uh, preview because Pogba is out, my good friend. He is. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Here, guys. Kippers here. You know, you know how this pod goes. We always have side little conversations, uh, random facts. So Pogba out for the World Cup. We'll talk about that in future pods. Um, my favorite goal, Bird Camp, Netherlands, 2-1 versus Argentina. Man, you, you know what I didn't realize, Tommy, at the time, and I looked it up again, is that not only was it a fantastic goal, guys, Kippers, if I'm going to describe it to you, uh, you guys should look it up. I, I'm not going to do any justice, but I believe it was Overmars. If it wasn't Overmars, it was one of the DeBoer brothers. Who I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Frank DeBoer. Yeah, it was one of the board. Yeah. So he just launched it and Bergkamp in the box controls it with his left foot, I believe. Yeah. Left foot cuts it. And I think he sends, oh man, I forget what the fair, it must be Ayala, sends Ayala to lunch and then just outside the foot, top left corner, corner on Carlos Oroa. It An was. absolute peach, Tommy. The, honestly, in terms of the, that, that original control off that long ball where he just, he almost like used his foot as like a hook to like yeah. grab it, like, a, like, like his foot was like a lacrosse stick and grab it and then top, uh, and then put it over to his other foot and then. Yeah, and then send the defender to lunch and then top corner. Just unbelievable control from an unbelievable pass. It was, it was fantastic. And um, the whole France 98 turn, minus the way it, it went down, because at the time, Tommy, I didn't have the footy knowledge I have now. So I was all in on, on, on Brazil. I mean, most people were, right? I think everyone in North America yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, all in on, on, on Brazil. But... Looking, and we spoke about this off air, Tommy, looking at the, the countries and who represented those countries was that was a stacked tournament, a really, really stacked tournament. Very, very impressive. I mean, like Zidane with hair, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of, that, yeah. that kind of, those kind of days. Uh, France ended up winning it on home soil. Um, the, and then the rumor started, remember with, with R9, with uh, Ronaldo and Nike, Nike forcing him to play and, and he and was he sick. he wasn't well, he's sick. Yeah, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And all you can tell though, you, you can tell Ronaldo wasn't himself. He wasn't. No, whether he was sick or whether he just is. Yeah. He, I mean, he was still young at the time. Don't forget, yeah. he was still in early 20s. So whether it was just a, you know, a mental thing going on, we will never really know. But... Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those weird storylines, that entire tournament. But I'm glad you mentioned Ronaldo because my sort of enduring moment was actually from the next World Cup and it was Ronaldo's comeback. Yes, sir. Tell me more. So Ronaldo R9 was the best naturally gifted striker of his generation. And don't don't fight me on this. You're wrong. Um, Kippers, Kippers. There's only one Ronaldo, Kippers. There's only one Ronaldo. But he had missed pretty much the previous two years with injuries, all sorts of knee problems within Inter. Like he got hurt, came back, played seven minutes, and then crumbled again and was out. He basically played seven minutes of football in like two years, almost. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit before coming back to the World Cup. And there was everybody was like, well, Ronaldo and with Brazil, people were were talking about Rivaldo and he is him being the sort of the man for the for Brazil. And people talking about France were expected to defend and they had. I mean, they'd, they'd won the Euros after winning the World Cup, and there's everybody expecting them to defend, and they completely shat it. But then Ronaldo comes up with eight goals to comfortably win the Golden Boot, mm-hmm. including twice in the final. 
it was just the ultimate redemption story, ultimate comeback story. And he was absolutely unbelievable in that tournament. The only negative thing about that tournament, and it's called the World Cup, which is fine, but it was in Japan. Korea and Japan, yeah. Korea and Japan. So the time difference was hard. Tommy, the final was started at what, 6 a.m.? No, it was, it was like 8 a.m. 8 a.m. was it? Okay. It was 8 a.m., yeah. It was like 8 a.m. or something like that. So it was a morning final. There were some definite question marks about some of the refereeing. Like, South Korea made the semifinals, but, <laughs> like, they, they got some help in this in the round of 16 against Italy and then the quarterfinals against Spain. It's like, you look back I'm, and it's I'm, like... I'm glad you bring that up. <laughs> Guys, let, let's call it what it is, Tommy. If you want to see the most biased form of refereeing in modern football, look at Italy versus South Korea. 2002, round of 16. 2002, insane. Yeah. The, the, the penalties, the sending off, just everything was, oh my God, what's happening here? I mean, whether they played on the crowd, because the crowd was fantastic for, yeah. for Korea. Amazing, I must admit. But Korea had no business getting that far. And so, look, that, we're just that, a, round of, that round of 16 game. Yeah. And yeah. There was, it was during the era when there was, and that was one of the reasons, one of that, they got rid of the golden goal thing. Yes. Because of that, because they scored on a golden goal after some, there was question marks whether there was some offside. Anyway, it was just a, because Italy had to get a goal call back for offside in the golden goal period that was clearly onside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what? We're just a small local podcast. We don't know anything or uh, we we don't know um we don't have any inside information what i'm trying to say whether it was corrupt or not legally we can't say anything but what i do tell you is watch the highlights and make the judgment for yourself my good friends yeah tommy now we got some memories in there i love it but let's <clears throat> i'm just gonna throw this in there because i, I didn't I'll, uh, I'll put you on the spot um let, let's talk a bit about what the World Cup not is, but what it means to the world, to the world. You know what I mean? Because it is an international tournament and it brings people together. And, you know, there, there are people who don't watch club football, but they're all in on the World Cup. So, like, how, how would you describe this tournament in, in the sense that, like, the, the meaning of it? Because it's huge. It's huge. And it, it's in, in a lot of ways, it is a unifying tournament because you have the world, like the World Cup final, the, the world will almost, I mean, I mean, it might be being a little bit exaggerated, but there's like a billion people or more than a billion people watch the last World Cup final. That is incredible. And it's just everyone and comes together to watch, whether, you're t whether you have your countries in there or not, people will watch it. People yeah. from countries like the United States where soccer is not a big thing will watch it. People or, you know, people obviously where a country is hardcore will watch it, watch it. And even if their country's not in it, they'll still keep watching, you know, it's, it's just, it's so hard to describe in that, but it's such a unifying thing because it, it is a reminder that football is the world's game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that, Tommy. Um, and from top to bottom, uh, social economic class, it, it all brings everyone um everyone together and it's just the yep the world the world's game and i absolutely love it because then at the same time because i'm so uh, i love footy so much people want to talk to me about it or, or, or people bring it up and i'm just like yes 
You know what I mean? Let's let's put aside this report from work and let's talk a little bit of footy. You know, so so I do I do definitely enjoy that aspect. Now, Qatar. Okay. Hey, listen. Like it's it's been while people have been bringing up FIFA as corrupt, this and that, this and that. Okay. Um, but the awarding of the World Cup to Qatar in um, a desert country, Tommy, a desert country was, I think, I think controversial is an understatement. Yeah, it's a country in the middle of the fucking desert. Yeah. doesn't have a football history and had no infrastructure for no stadiums yeah. when they beat out countries like Australia, England, United States, who have all of that in place already. Yeah. Uh, it was just like over the top. And like, yeah, yeah, like you say, everybody was like, well, FIFA, there, yeah, there's some corruption there. And then, then uh, Qatar got it and it's just like, holy shit. Like this, how, how much more blatant can you be? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Now, this is second source for me uh, reporting. I have no, I have no idea about this, but there is lots of reports out there that executives from FIFA were receiving literally old school envelopes full of cash. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, it was one of those situations where it's just like, you know, when you ask your boss for an Advil and he puts it on the table, he's like, I'm going to put it here. If you grab one, you grab one. Yeah, I think, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm going to put this envelope of cash here. Yeah. Hey, it's up to you. I'm not telling you to take it. I'm not telling you not to take it. Yeah. You know, so uh-huh. it's really, it's, it's insane. And I think Russia was something else, you know what I mean? But yeah. um, that, that's a whole different issue. But this is probably the most blatant thing I've ever seen. Most blatant, because I was reading some reports and I listened to a pod that was saying that the states thought they had it wrapped up, that it was coming to the states. Yeah. And people's jaws dropped when when they awarded it to Qatar. And then Tommy, at the end of the day, this was ultimately the downfall of a lot of executives and uh, Sepp Blatter. Uh, Sepp Blatter in particular. And there's still the fallout, the legal fallout is still rumbling on. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a bunch of other people who have been <clears throat> were indicted, but Blatter in particular, Sepp, Sepp Blatter, who like had already been a bit of a like a like clearly this guy's up to something like he was yep. he actually acted like a bond villain like yep. like and so yeah and it was his downfall and it's hopefully i mean i'm not gonna hold my breath on this but hopefully it was a turning point and there's gonna be in like more transparency and how bids are awarded mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna hold my breath mm-hmm. um but you know that that it was so blatant and so bad absolutely uh, no, that's 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 spot on, and um, you know Qatar with their human rights violations issues. It's this isn't anything new. We're not giving you breaking story like breaking news here. Everyone everyone's aware of how they treat uh, their foreign workers and the people who are actually building these these stadiums and these cities um, for this for this big tournament. Um, it's insane what people are willing to do to to host this. Um, World Cup. And then that also comes down to the blatant um, irresponsibility of FIFA awarding like countries. Yes, they got that oil money. Yes, I understand. But what they have to do to put on this tournament and what it's costing and and the way they treat people is crazy. Now, it was, Tommy, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't know if you remember, is something similar with uh, South Africa, 
the way they just scooted all the the shanty towns, I believe they're called. They just yeah, and they Tommy they put fences around them so they couldn't leave. Yep. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They they did yeah. Um. They did a lot of that, and it's yeah. And in terms of and, and for the for the Qatar going back to it, it's I mean it's basically slave labor uh, yeah. as built these stadiums and with. South Africa, they had basically built like World Cup courts. So basically, if you did something, you could get like FIFA would administer mm-hmm. justice in South Africa. It was insane. Like, so FIFA has priors in terms of bad behavior and the World Cup being all sorts of having all sorts of problems that way. So it's really, it makes it some, it always makes it a little bit difficult in some ways watching the World Cup, but then you just can't help but get excited about it. And that's where I was about to bring it. Perfect segue, my friend Tommy. This is why we're co-hosting always this together because we we feed off this sports washing, my friend. Alte, World Cup, to a certain extent, is probably one of the ultimate sports washing out there because, Tommy, we absolutely love it. We love the World Cup. We will watch it regardless of we know that what we're watching, right? And... um. It's just that kind of tournament. And we participate in this sport washing. But in this, this is sport washing its finest at the end of the day. Yes, like, and, and it's it's sad, but I don't I don't know. It's it's hard to admit that we just chalk it down to the love of the game. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Oh, Tommy, that's a little little bit of background on the World Cup. Uh, uh I don't know, our our memories and um I think it might be time to kind of with, with that in mind, let's not, let's not forget. Cause it, it is very important. It is a good points we, we brought up and everyone should be aware, but um, let's kind of take a step to the side and talk about the tournament itself and um, who's in, who's in. And the simplest way we've kind of looked at it, Tommy, with, with these pods, is just, we're going to go, um, group by group, or we'll, we'll, we'll put some groups together in future pods. Uh, but for this this uh, initial pod, we're just gonna take a look at group A. But I think that's the the best look at it, Tommy. And who is in group A? Hit me up with the countries, Tommy. You got Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Thing to point out, <laughs> we just went all out on Qatar. Yeah. Oh man. Um, this is a decent tournament. Tell me your initial reactions here. Like, uh, I mean, I, I mean, okay. First of all, I, I have no idea about any. I've never heard of any of the players on the Qatar team. They all play in the Qatar league. Um, yeah, they're all domestic. doesn't mean that they're bad players. Oh, yeah. Like, I, but I just don't know. Um, and I, they, and there's no like qualifying campaign for us to judge them on. So it's a wild card. I mean, everybody thought that South Korea in 2002 would go out in the first round. They didn't yeah. thought South Africa would go out and they made it through. So who knows? They could pull off an upset. But if we're being real here, if they get a point, then they can consider, should consider themselves having done well. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing about Qatar right now is that they actually won the Asian Cup in 2019. That's their best uh, um, showing. They, they also got invited to the Gold Cup and I believe the Common Bowl, the Copa America, okay, which they, they just kind of hello, goodbye kind of thing. 
Um, but you're absolutely right. There's not much history there. What I do know, and I've been, I read online, is that they went through a phase of just investing money into, into footy. Um, there was big controversy with them because they like recruit a lot of foreign players and, that, and then naturalize them. Mm-hmm. Um, and naturalizing in a, in a nutshell for the average Joe Kipper out there is basically giving them citizenship. Okay, in, in, a, in a nutshell, and then you play for 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 that country. Um, so there there was big thing like that. FIFA stepped in and said, "We're watching you." Ironically, we're watching you, and um, and so they've kind of changed. But yes, you're right. All their players appear to be that appear to play domestic. Yeah, looking at their squad in terms of like caps, a couple guys, um, Almoez Ali and Hassan Al Haidos, a couple of strikers. They are two of the leading scorers of all time. Um, for uh, for Qatar in the history, uh, Ali in particular, he's got 40 goals and 83 appearances for the Qatar national team. He's one of those naturalized guys. He's originally born right. in Sudan, um, right. but it's really hard to tell if I mean how good these are because I we don't I don't know Tough. the quality of the Qatari league. That's it. That's it. Um, but we but we think about that league is just like oh you want to go play in a shitty league and make money? Okay, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like that. That's that's the way I kind of see it. Um, but they're coached by Felix Sanchez. Okay, he, he has some some decent experience uh, internationally there as well. And um, but I truly think that because they this is the first World Cup ever. Like this is just by default. So, yeah, Tommy, I, I I picture them finishing last. Uh, hopefully, they'll they'll be able to be competitive. Yeah, I mean, if they can at least keep give them some games, I mean, it'd be a real shame if they were getting horse three four three four nil every game. Yeah. But I, I don't think they're going to be that bad. No, I no, think no, that, no. But I think that, you know, I mean, you know, they, but they might get, you know, some a 2 1 or a 1 0 defeat or something like that, or maybe, maybe get a draw or something. Yeah. But I can't see them getting much more than that. Yeah. I agree. I don't think they're going to smash, but I, I don't think they're going to be that relevant either. So we'll, we'll see. Qatar, welcome. Welcome to the World Cup by default. <laughs> <laughs> Ecuador. Ecuador. Um, Qualified in fourth place, fourth place out of the common bowl, which we can always have a discussion, but um, I do believe is the hardest uh, association to qualify for the World Cup. There, there's, yeah. there's, it's a stacked, uh, um, yeah, federation, federation, I yeah, guess we'll call it. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the, the fact that they were able to beat out um, the teams that they were able to beat out uh, in order to get in, mm. uh, they mean, they beat out, you know, a very strong Colombia team. You know, Chile's always strong. Um, they finished ahead of Peru, who are still have, still have some good players. So, yeah. I mean, they, they play really well as a team. Um, they don't have a lot of individual stars. I mean, they're more like, for, for people who watch European soccer footy, the most uh, recognizable player is Enner Valencia, who's um, he's, he's now in his 30s, uh, and he's playing... I think he plays in Turkey. Yeah, Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce, yeah. Fenerbahce, yeah. But apart from that, there are a lot of guys that are play, uh, based in um, the Liga MX in South America or in MLS. So a little bit difficult when you're sort of trying to compare them to teams that are, you know, will have a lot of European-based players. It's a bit tricky to, to evaluate. So I'm not really sure how they're going to do, but they play really well as a team. Exactly. So I think, I think they're going to make it difficult, but I, it, right now I'm penciling them in, in third for this group. But they'll they'll be able to play it close with the uh, with the other um, at least with uh, the other two, two major teams in the group. The the thing about I see I watch a couple of their their qualifying games. They are high tempo, 
and hard tackling, but they're, they're talent there. And uh, one, maybe one name you maybe overlooked because uh, he's an up and coming and that's Moises Caicedo. Oh, and yes. He is with Brighton and Brighton, uh, for those who watch the EPL right now, are in fantastic form. Even when they lose, they're, they're still losing like barely and, and they're playing very well, sometimes a better team uh, in, in some of the big games. So he is someone to look out for in the midfield. And like you said, Ener Valencia is in his 30s and he's he's been around the block and, and he can still lead the, the line. Um, but I have zero, zero issues saying that Ecuador will be competitive, be very competitive. And on their day, they, in, in my opinion, on their day, they can be up there with Senegal and the Netherlands that we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, and I think that's why I think this this group's actually going to, I think in going through the group as a whole, I think this is going to be a competitive group. Yep. There's going to be three competitive teams in Qatar, Absolutely. basically. There, there's not there's not one group, Tommy, in the tournament that's like from all four are up there. It's just not, it's not possible. So like when you have three that are very close in, in, in quality, then yeah, that's a hell of a competitive group. Yeah, exactly. Um. Now you want we want to talk about stack, my good friend Tommy. Stacked. I have no other way to describe Senegal other than they are. If, if I can blatantly say that, if there's a first time for a team, an African team, to win the World Cup, it is this Senegal team. In in my I will that's I know it's a bold claim, and I know um, back in the day we had that stack Cote d'Ivoire team. I remember that team as well. Um, but this Senegal team is just oozing with quality. Oh, absolutely. However, my only little concern a little bit is, is that they do have a few question marks in certain places where there might be a little bit of depth. And if a guy like Sadio Mane goes out injured or mm. or, or even more, I think, Kalidou Koulibaly, then, yeah. they, then they'll, I think that as far as Koulibaly, Mendy and Mane go, if those guys stay healthy, I absolutely think this team that can make the, at least make the semifinals. Yeah, uh, I think this is a really good team. Uh, they got a lot, of, a good decent amount of depth and some good experience. They're guys like Idrissa Gay, Napoli's uh, Mendy, uh, Chikayuti um, playing around, plus some some other good younger, good uh, good uh, forwards. Guys like Ismail Yassar, um, uh, they got a few other guys. Yeah. Uh, Bamba Dieng uh, from Marseille. Um, they have a they they do have a lot of good good okay. talent, and it's. I think that if, if, if they're the big three guys stay healthy, I think this team that can easily make the semifinals. Um, if they get some injuries, then they might struggle, but yeah, you're right. Semifinals or maybe even the final. Um, I, I mean, depending I, on the path, I don't know the path right now uh, in, uh, uh, for, for the world. They would, so they are group a, let me just see if I yeah. can figure this out here. Well, while um, you're doing that, um, yeah, I think a big thing, the only question mark I would say, not only, sorry, but it, like Edouard Mendy has lost his place to Kepa recently in recent games at, at Chelsea. So that could be a little, uh, you know, maybe lack of form, but then Sadio Mane is on a high going, going to Bayern Munich. Um, Ishmael Lassar is great freaking player. Uh, Idris, like you mentioned, Idris uh, uh, Gay, who came back to the EPL after, after a small stint at uh, PSG. Um, and of course, Koulibaly. But, you know, Koulibaly, I haven't seen much of him at Chelsea. You know what I mean? So I think looking at this on paper, but we'd have to really 
dissect certain players form to, 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 for me to either be more confident or not, but when I'm looking at paper and if these players all come with I, the way I know they can play, I, I have, I, I think this is a great team. Yeah. The one thing that they could be worried about though, is that they do, uh, there is a, a path where they would meet France in the quarterfinals. Oh, as yeah. good, as good as they are, I don't think they're good enough to beat France. Now, I don't think anybody's good enough to beat France, but depending on how the paths go, if they do, if they if they manage to avoid uh, avoid France, um, then I think that another option would be for them to end up with um, like a team like England. I think they can be. I, I think they can beat England. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm not convinced that they can beat a team, uh, beat France. Okay, fair. That's, that's totally fair. And again, they're they're the defending African Cup of Nations that uh, they beat uh, Mohamed Salah's Egypt, and they also beat Mohamed Salah's Egypt to qualify. Um, end up being one one on aggregate between the two games, and then they went to penalties and three one, um, which was which was a great 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 uh, two games that that happened there. Um, but yeah, no, that that's I think that's. You know, I think we're personally, I think we're we're due for for an African team to make a statement. Yeah, and it could. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing I, it out there. I, I think this is the best African team we've seen at a World Cup. Yeah. Just. I mean, and we've seen some pretty decent African. I mean, the Ghana team that made it to the quarterfinals that was a good team. There was yes. um, some other good teams. Um, you yeah. know, some Cameroons like, like, in the '90s, Nigeria in the '90s. Had yeah. some good good players. But I, I think that I think that this I think that this Senegal team is better than like say the Nigeria of the '90s. Um, Agree. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Last but not least, okay. Tell me, let's be honest here. The Dutch Netherlands. Um, you never know what to expect from them. Exactly. Like, if you look at this team, this team on paper is good, but not great. Yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the play, I mean, yeah, obviously you got guys like, so they've got some world-class guys like Frankie de Jong, Virgil van Dijk, uh, Matthias de Ligt and all that. Uh, but then you look at other things like in goal, the depth isn't great. I mean, Jasper Silicon is their number one goalie. Yeah. He's good, but he's not a world-class goalie. Up front, they got Memphis Depay, who's amazing. But then after that, who are we looking at? I mean, Bergwijn. Bergwijn. Uh, they still, they're still playing 32-year-old Luke de Jong. Yeah. There's this kid, though, actually. Uh, I wrote it down here. Uh, Cody Gakpo. Gakpo. Yes. He plays for PSV. And he's up and coming. I've seen him play. Good player. Um, but again, you don't know what to expect. And Xavi Simmons, remember Xavi Simmons? We spoke about him in, in, oh, our, in yeah. the group chat. Um, that wonder kid from Barcelona who ended up um, not signing uh, a contract extension and went to PSG. PSG developed there and then PSG now sold him to PSV with a buyback clause. So yeah. if they if they want him back, they, they got first option. Yeah. Um, and he's been playing well. He's really, really developing it at PSV. Um, so that, that's kind of cool there. And we've got Dumfries too, the, the Inter Milan, uh, who made his name at the at the last Euro. Remember, he hit the heel. Oh, that yeah. Pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, big loss is Ginny. Ginny Winaldo. Yeah, Ginny's yeah, uh, uh, out. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's going to be a big loss in the center of the, of the park. But again, if, if I look at their midfield, I still think that they're these, they still well, do have it. Frankie de Young, yeah. Um, you know some other guys. You know Ryan Graven Graven Birch has, has burst into the scene yeah. at uh, Bayern Munich. 
Uh, he's coming along. They still got some experienced guys like Davy uh, Davy Clausen and uh, Stephen Barrios are still there, so come provide a bit of experience. Like midfield and defense, I think that this is a really strong, going to have really strong defense and really strong midfield. Yeah. I say there's a few question marks here and there, but they got a lot of young guys that could really surprise. So, like you say, this team could either. I mean, that's always been the net. like. Yes, yeah, like this team could either electrify and some of the young guys could really make a statement and they could make the semifinals, or they could flame out and go out in the group stage. No, damn it. That kind of reminds me because, damn it, who did they play in the Euro that it was exactly that? They, there was a sending off and the Dutch just shrunk. They just shrunk. They couldn't hold it together. Ah, damn it. I should have looked this up. But, um, but yeah, no, but this, the Dutch always have a history of, of fantastic football, right? You know, the, the, the cover coaching, the, the, the total football is, is yeah. what, is what uh, they, they're pretty much called. So um, for me, it's definitely um, a very, very interesting team. And a team and that, to, to keep an, keep an eye out in, in this, uh, in this group. It, and exactly. And like, but, but if you're a team like, like, um, like Ecuador, you got to look at that and say like, if, if they if team like Ecuador scouts them properly and sets their game up properly, yeah. they could get something out of that game. Um, Senegal could beat them. I think I think that Senegal is probably a better team. Um, so I think that Senegal. I'm gonna say Senegal is my group winner, followed by Netherlands. Okay. I'm gonna say Senegal, Netherlands, Ecuador, Qatar. Okay. But you never know. And I think that and you know as it is a team with with some injury problems and some young guys. So yeah. but it'll be exciting. And I think that. It's it's one of the things about the World Cup is uh, because the teams have so relatively short amount of time to gel. Mm. And that's been another problem that Netherlands had historically is they don't a lot of team cohesion. It's not so bad now, but it used to be like in the days when like Clivert and those guys they weren't getting along. Um, yeah, the, the the personalities. The personalities. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I think it was Clivert and I don't remember. There was one. It was a big. There was a big fight. I know between Clivert and one other guy. Uh, yeah, there's, there's actually a thing. Good thing you brought that up because there has there has been tournaments like that where they couldn't like there was there was players that they played on the same team but they really couldn't stand each other. And there was a Brazil team that had Romario, and now I blank out who the other person who the other person was at the front um, was uh, fuck Romario and, and someone else. They couldn't stand each other and they played up front together and they just played. It was really uh, it was really interesting, um, but. Uh, and in this case, I don't know. I, I think I, I don't see much. Well, we're we're not in there to 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 see the the day to day of these of these players. But for me, like like I said, um, I, I can say that Senegal's. I'm confident Senegal can win this group. I think yeah. they can win this group. Uh, and I think it might come down to the Dutch game because I think the Dutch will beat the other two. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so we'll we'll see about that, but that that's my prediction. So I'll say um, Senegal, Netherlands, Ecuador, and, and Qatar. So I, I think we're I think we're same same there. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. And I mean, but even though we're talking about that, going back to the Netherlands for a sec. Remember, go, if you look at the on paper squad of the 2010 Netherlands team that made the final, it wasn't that great on paper. So that's where you. There's that's why why the Netherlands is such a wild card. That's. Tommy, because you know what happened too? They ended up missing out on uh, the previous World Cup, right? The Dutch. Uh, was it the following? They they missed they missed two thousand two or it was two thousand fourteen. They missed yeah they, yeah they missed. Uh, 
they did they, they, they miss back to back? Because I know 2018 they weren't there. Did they miss the previous one as well? Did they miss back to back? No, no, they didn't miss back to back. Oh, now I'm gonna have to look this up now. I'm second guessing myself. Yeah. But um, yeah, so World Cup, yeah, they missed 2002. Yeah, so then, yeah, so they missed 2002. Then it was 2018 that they missed because they finished third in 2000. Yeah, so they, so it was like, yeah. 2002, they missed? Really? Yeah, they weren't there in 2002. Because I were, remember they, looking at that team that beat Argentina and they're like, we're talking about like Cliver, Clarence Seedoff, or, you know, the DeBoer brothers, all those people we, we already mentioned. Um, um, Bolo Zenden. Um, so, so a bunch of, of these players, and I'm, I'm surprised they, they missed yeah, those. Yeah, they missed 2002 uh, to World Cup. Um, I think, and that's where sort of the, the story of the infighting came from was that qualifying campaign. Right, okay. Where there, mm. um, where there was a lot of sort of dirty laundry that aired. Uh, during that because yeah because they finished third in their qual i just looked up now they finished third in their qualifying group behind portugal and ireland ireland wow <laughs> okay <laughs> jesus um before before we wrap this up tom we got a couple of minutes here um let's talk about quick notable teams that won't be in this world cup and that's italy is huge it massive is huge. Yeah, De defending euro champions no uh, yeah, defending Euro champions, and they yeah defending Euro champions, and they missed the World Cup, and yeah they yeah insane insane and crazy, crazy. Yeah. and they 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 and on top of it, they lost to North Macedonia. They lost yeah 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 they <laughs> lost to North North Macedonia in the playoff. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, if we look at South America, um, Colombia, Colombia will be missing. But, and uh, Colombia and Chile, both really strong teams. So yes. I think that, and that's where we talk about how Ecuador is not to be trifled with because exactly. they, beat, they beat that those two teams, those two really strong teams. Exactly, exactly Tommy. So um, anyway, guys, through, throughout these, the next couple of pods, we'll, we'll, we'll keep on looking at these, uh, these, group, these groups for you guys. Um, hold the, like, disclaimer, do not put bets based on what we say, Tommy. No, do not. We are not <laughs> responsible for anything. If you make a bet based on what we tell you, that's on you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Tommy, I'll tell you what, man. It's been uh, just under 40 minutes, but you know what? This has been absolutely great being back. Um, I'm going to upload this. Have it as a fun. And, and Kippers, if you have, honestly, I always extend the invitation. If you ever want to join, we are easygoing and we like to talk about footy. So if you have something to say, don't be shy to, to reach out to us. Tommy, absolute pleasure being back. Absolute pleasure. Yep. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon, Kippers. Talk, talk again soon.